Welcome to week number five in our series uh, called Daring Faith. And uh, this week we're going to talk about something that is a little, a little difficult, I, I think, for most of us. Uh, we're going to talk about daring to wait, waiting on God. I don't know if you've ever found yourself in that position. You're praying and just waiting for God to do something. And, and I, I just really thought uh, uh, this would be an appropriate topic as we talk about daring faith because it takes faith to wait. It really does. So uh, if you have your uh, Valley Christian Church app, go ahead and pull that out and you can follow along and fill in the blanks uh, as we go along here and take some additional notes as well, talking about uh, daring uh, to wait. Uh, you, you know, if you're a parent, you've probably experienced this before, right? Uh, as kids, it's so important for our kids to learn the difference between no and not yet. Between no and not yet. There's a big difference between no and, and not yet, which means it's going to happen, but just not right now. And uh, there's that inability that so many of us have. I know I struggle with impatience as well. Think about this. Every debt problem is an impatience problem. People go into debt because they can't wait. I've got to have it now. I can't save towards it. I've got to have it now. I'm not talking about a house. I'm talking about all that other stuff that's on your credit card. Just can't wait, can't save towards it. And it's an impatience problem. Uh, have you ever been in a hurry before? And uh, it seems like God is just not in a hurry to answer your prayers. You know, because you can push your kids. You can't push God. There's nothing you and I can do to make God act sooner than he wants to act because he sees a whole lot more than we actually see. And so in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, it puts it this way, God does everything just right on time. Uh, God does everything just right and on time, but people can never completely understand what he's doing. Everything that God does is perfectly on time, but, but we don't understand what's really going on. And, and so uh, we get impatient and we start uh, blaming, where are you? You're not listening. Uh, and, and all kinds of problems, anxiety, where all these things happen because we haven't learned how to wait on God. And here's the thing, waiting on God, we're going to discover, is not a passive thing. It, it doesn't mean just, just kind of, whatever, I'm just going to lay on the couch until God does something. That's not waiting on God. That's lazy. There's a big difference between the two. And so how are we going to wait on God? First thing, I want to share with you five reminders while we're waiting on God. Five reminders, five things that we have to remind ourselves, and, and I hope you will just fill in those blanks on the church app that you have, because this is something I believe that you're probably going to want to look back on in the future. That in the future, when you feel frustrated, why isn't God moving? Why isn't God acting? Mm, I need to remind myself of these five things. Five reminders while waiting on God. Here's the first one. Remember, there's a delay between planting and harvesting. There's always a delay between planting and harvesting. There's a gap, isn't there? No one in their right mind would take some uh, tomato seeds, go plant it in their backyard, and the next day wake up, walk out there, and expect to see tomatoes. There's time to wait. We have to wait. Remember, there's a delay between planting and harvesting. 
Again, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, uh, just at the beginning of that chapter where we just read, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 5, uh, puts it this way. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to plant and a time to harvest. A time to scatter and a time to gather. So, so maybe while we're waiting, maybe when we're frustrated, this is the planting time. But then there's another time that comes, another season, and that's the harvest time, just as we're moving into spring even right now. This is the time that you plant, but you don't harvest right now. That's in the fall. So remember, there's a delay between planting and harvesting. I harvest in a different season than I sow. So many of us, we, we're, we're impatient, aren't we? Because we want to harvest immediately after we sow. But the Bible makes it very clear. There's different seasons. It's a very different season. Here's the second reminder. Remember, there's an unseen battle going on. There's an unseen battle going on in answer to our prayers. God's moving some stuff around. God's making some things happen. And there's an unseen battle that's going on. We don't even realize what's happening so many times. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 puts it this way. We're not struggling and fighting against human beings, but against evil spiritual forces in the heavenly realm, the rulers, authorities, and powers of darkness. There's an unseen battle that's actually taking place. You know, it's pretty interesting uh, because of these unseen battles. We pray, don't we? And we say, God, this is really what I'm asking. This is what I'm believing. And, and I'm stepping out in faith and obedience to you. And as soon as that happens, guess what? Not only do we get God's attention, we also have an enemy. That's what this scripture is talking about. We also have an enemy. And it's like, okay, all right, Greg, you want to step out in faith? You want to grow in your relationship to me? Okay, in your relationship to God, you know what? Here comes a little fiery dart of doubt. Boom. Here comes some fear that this is not going to work out the way that you really believe it's going to. Another fiery dart. And we find ourselves in the middle of a delay because of a dart that's hit us. Next thing you know, we're depressed and we're really beginning to doubt if God really even heard there's a spiritual battle going on. It's a pretty interesting story. I'll just refer you to it in Daniel chapter 10, verses 11 through 13. It talks about Daniel, and Daniel was a, was a man after God's heart. He was a godly person. And Daniel began to pray and fast and pray and ask God for some stuff, and it seemed like nothing was happening. And then finally an angel appeared to Daniel and said, the moment you prayed, in Daniel chapter 10, said, God heard your prayer and sent me. The moment, and, and Daniel's like, how's that possible? I had to wait so long. He said, I had to battle through a spiritual enemy of God to get here to bring you the answer to prayer. There's a battle going on. That's what Ephesians says. We're not struggling and fighting against human beings, but against evil spiritual forces in the heavenly realms, the rulers, authorities, and powers of darkness. So we need to remember there's an unseen battle going on. And, and here's the thing. A delay is not a denial. A delay is not a denial. We have to learn the difference between no and not yet. No and not yet. Here's the third thing we have to remember uh, while we're waiting on God to come through, while we're waiting on God to answer our prayers. Remember, God's preparing me for his blessing. 
I, I heard a great pastor one time ask the question, I think it's really good, can you handle God's blessings? Can you handle the blessings of God? Can you stand to be blessed? Remember, God's preparing me for his blessings. And 1 Peter chapter 1 kind of gives us this understanding in verses 6 through 7. It says, there is wonderful joy ahead, even though it is necessary for you to endure many trials for a while. To go through many trials, to endure many trials for a while. Waiting is always a test, isn't it? It's a test of character. It's a test of faith. It's a test of endurance. I know some of the biggest things that God has ever done in my life personally, and I believe also I've seen it in in the life of our church, Valley Christian Church, had to wait, not months, years and years and years. And then all of a sudden, God comes through. And I think so many times, even for me as a pastor, it's because I needed to grow up. God wanted to do something in me before he did something through me. There's a wonderful joy ahead, even though it is necessary for you to endure many trials for a while. Waiting is always a test. Now, I want us to look at a passage that kind of explains this, and, and it's a little long, so just hang in there. Don't, I want, don't want to lose you. It's in Romans chapter 8, and, and in the translation of the Bible, the message, which is really contemporary language, easy to understand. Uh, it's even a little bit longer because <laughs> it's kind of a paraphrase. It just draws it out even more. But listen to what it says here. Follow along. Romans chapter 8, verses 24 through 28, this whole idea of preparing me for a blessing. Waiting does not diminish us. We don't get smaller because we wait. Any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. How, how many mamas would say, yeah, it doesn't, the longer I'm pregnant, the bigger I get, right? That's the way that it goes. This is the parallel. Waiting. They, that's why they call it, listen, that's why when a woman is pregnant, she says, I'm expecting. I'm expecting that in about nine months, something's going to happen. But right now, I'm waiting. Waiting doesn't diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We're enlarged in the waiting. God wants to enlarge you spiritually. He wants to enlarge me too while we're waiting. We don't see what's enlarging us. I, I mean, now we have like, you know, sonograms and stuff. You can see what's happening in there, right? But ultrasound. But, but, but 2,000 years ago, no, all, the, all that mother saw was, you know what? Something's happening inside of me. Can't see what it is, but I feel like I'm being stretched. I feel like I'm being stretched. Goes on and says, but the longer we wait, the larger we become. And the more joyful our expectancy. I know something's going on inside. And all of a sudden, the mother feels that kick, feels that movement inside. It goes on and says, meanwhile, when we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He prays in and for us. How's that? By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. It goes on and says, he knows 
he knows us far better than we know ourselves and knows our pregnant condition. We're pregnant with expectancy, waiting for what God is gonna birth in our life and through our life. And then it goes on and says, that's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. He takes the bad stuff, he takes the difficult stuff, he, he takes the trials and the triumphs, and he works it all in us and through us for our good. It's a beautiful picture here. Beautiful picture that when we're waiting, remember, God's preparing me for his blessing. Here's the fourth thing we need to remember while we're waiting. Remember, I'm in good company. When you're waiting, remember, you're in good company. Just give you one example of this, and you can just see this over and over all throughout the Bible, Genesis all the way through Revelation, people that are waiting. In fact, even, even uh, in the back of the book, it ends, even so, come Lord Jesus, we're waiting. We're waiting. In Hebrews chapter six, verse 15, it talks about Abraham, and it says, then Abraham waited patiently. Abraham, who is referred to as the father of our faith, he had faith, daring faith to wait. And he received what God had promised. What is it talking about? Angel of the Lord appeared to Abraham, check this out now, when he was 75 years old. At the time, his, his name was Abram. And God changed his name and said, no longer you're Abram, you're Abraham. And as, as, as you see the stars in the heaven, you're gonna be a father to multitudes. He's like, yo, I don't even have a child. And I'm 75. And God says, you're going to have one. And he began to wait and put his faith in God. You know what? He did have a son, the promised son. Interestingly enough, when he was 85 years old, he had one child, but it wasn't through Sarah. It was through Sarah's servant, Hagar, had Ishmael 10 years later. Abraham was 85. He waited for 10 years. And man, I've been waiting for 10 minutes. Where are you, God? Do you even hear me? 10 years. That wasn't even the promise. That wasn't the promise, son. When Sarah gave birth to Isaac, who was the promised son, Abraham was 100 years old. He waited for 25 years in faith. 25 years. 25 years waiting in daring faith for God to do what God said he would do. So when you find yourself waiting on God, when there's something that you feel God's promised you and it just hadn't delivered yet, think about old Abraham. Have you waited 25 years? 25 years. Just one example in scripture. There's tons of other examples all throughout the Bible. Here's the fifth thing we need to be reminded of while we're waiting. Remember, God always keeps his promises. He always does. Every single time. God hadn't broken one promise to anyone ever. He always keeps his promises. In Habakkuk chapter two, verse three, puts it this way. God says, at the time that I have decided, boy, there's the rub, isn't it? <laughs> 
Now, now that's, where the, that's where the friction is, isn't it? That, that, that's, that's where all of a sudden Greg has to come to grips with the fact, like, he's God and I'm not. Because it's when he decided. God says at the time I have decided, my words will come true. Not the time you decide, Greg. When I decide, God says. You can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting. It will happen. It'll happen. So what are you waiting on? What is it that you believe God wants to do in your life that hasn't happened yet? How long have you been waiting? 10 minutes, 10 hours, 10 days? 10 months, 10 years, you're in good, good company. Remember, God always keeps his promises. So that's what we need to be reminded of. But here's the thing about faith. Faith is not, as I said, it's not passive, it's active. Faith is not lying on the couch and just like, okay, God, you're gonna have to do something. I'm just waiting for you to do something. Waiting is active. So those are the things we need to be reminded of, but, but kind of pivoting now in the second part of this message that I, that I want to encourage you with, four things to do while you're waiting on God. Four things to do. Five things we need to remember, but now four things that we need to actively do while we're actually waiting on God. Here's the first thing, and I hope you write this down. Number one, write down the lessons that you're learning. <laughs> I hope you write down the fact that write down the lessons that you're learning. Here's the reason why. Because if you and I don't write down what we're learning, guess what? We're going to have to repeat the test again. We'll forget it. It's so important. That, you know what the difference is between, between a diary and a journal? A lot, of, a lot of Christians say, I keep a journal. What they actually mean is, I keep a diary. A diary is, today I had ice cream. It was green because it was St. Patrick's Day. That's a diary, and no one cares. No one cares what you had to eat or, or you know, anything like that. A journal is this. A journal is, this is what God's teaching me. And you know what? We're prone to forget. And as I get a little bit older, because I used to be a little bit younger than I am right now, I realize I've got to write everything down. Because if I don't write it down, guess what? I'm going to forget. I'm, I'm going to forget about the good things God's done in my life. I, I'm going to forget uh, about the times when I didn't see the way through, and you know what? God led me right through. I'm going to forget. And so it's so important. Write down the lessons that you're learning. I, I, I might be kind of funny this way. I just think every Christian should be able to answer that question at any moment. What is it that God's teaching you right now? today what's the last lesson he taught you last week last month it's, it's, the, it's the fresh bread it's the daily bread that God wants to give to us that he said pray I'll give you daily bread write down those lessons because you know what it's too important to try to remember it it's much too important write down the lessons you're learning God has something that he wants to teach you while you're waiting 
It's not wasted time. Waiting, we always see waiting like we're waiting in the waiting room at the office. We're stuck in traffic. We're like, oh. God has something he wants to teach each and every one of us while we're waiting. There's no wasted time. Not with God. Think about it. The way to the promised land is always through the wilderness. The way to the promised land is always through the wilderness. For 40 years, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness before they got to the promised land. Some of you Bible scholars know this too. Think about this. Even Jesus had to go through the wilderness. Even Jesus had to go through the wilderness. When he's 30 years old, and, and, and he makes his public appearance for the first time, and he's, go, and he's baptized in the River Jordan. He comes out, and, and the Holy Spirit descends upon him. The Bible says it's in a form of a dove. And guess what the Holy Spirit does? Leads him right into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days and 40 nights, to wait. God was testing him and tempting him for 40 days and 40 nights as he fasted. The way to the promised land is always through the wilderness. It's not wasted time. It's not wasted time. Great, uh, I don't think you'd call him a church father, but he was certainly influential in the uh, 16th century of the church. Uh, St. John of the Cross wrote a great poem uh, that, that is referred to as the dark night of the soul. And he said every Christian must walk through the dark night of the soul because it's there in the darkness that we discover who God truly is and who we really are. And the whole idea of the dark night of the soul, and you can, you can Google it, it's, pretty, it's very profound. The whole idea of the dark night of the soul is we discover how incredible he is and we discover how teeny tiny nothing we are. And that's a real healthy perspective while we're waiting, the dark night of the, the, dark night of the soul. You know what I've discovered in life is this. Little lessons lead to big successes. Little lessons lead to big successes. It's so important that we learn the lessons. So write them down, the lessons that you're learning. You know, David, King David, he understood this. He got this. Who God himself said, David's a man after my own heart. Look at what he said in Psalm 119, verse 33. God Teach me lessons for living so I can stay the course. What's he teaching you right now? What's God been trying to teach you over this last week? That's what a journal's for. Not what kind of ice cream you had. That's a diary. But journaling, God, this is what I feel. This is what I realize you're trying to teach me. You're trying to teach me to be patient. You're trying to teach me, Lord, I don't want it one moment sooner than you believe I'm ready for it. That's for somebody. I don't want this blessing got one moment sooner than I'm ready for it. When you say I'm ready for it. God, teach me lessons for living so that I can stay the course. Write down the lessons I'm learning. Here's the second thing that we need to do while we're waiting. Live as if it's already happened. Live as if it's already happened. Because it's it's so important that that, that, that's part of the faith of it. Live as if it's already happened. Say, Greg, what are you talking about? Let's go back to this example for a minute of this expectant mothers. Do you know what expectant mothers do? Crazy stuff. 
I'm not talking about the emotional swings. That's not what I'm talking about. They do crazy stuff like this. Watch this now. They'll go out and they'll buy baby clothes before the baby arrives. They live as if it's already happened. They'll go out and buy a, a, a little crib and a glider or a rocking chair. And then it's funny, as, as it gets a little bit closer, a little bit closer, you know what? All of a sudden it's like, I gotta paint this room. And they started that whole nesting thing. It was like, I gotta paint this. No, we need new curtains. And I'm like, oh, honey, maybe I'm just talking about my wife when she's pregnant. You know, it's like, it's like honey, uh, you're due any moment. I know, we've gotta get this painting done right now. Living as if it's already happened. So important. Live as if it's already happened. Because if we don't live as if it's already happened, here's what's going to happen. We're, we're going to start to wonder. We're going to start to worry. And we're going to start to whine. God, where are you? Why aren't you doing this? When are you going to come through for me, Lord? Can you imagine a woman three months pregnant? When is this thing coming out? You got a ways to go. You got a ways to go, but start living. Start making some preparation. Doing some planning already. Live as if it's already happened. That way we won't wonder. We won't worry. We won't whine. God, how and why and when. I'm going to live as if you're going to make good on your word because I believe you will. Jesus put it this way in Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Jesus said, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now watch the tense here. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've already received it. Okay? Past tense. And it will be yours. Future tense. Do you see the gap there? Believe that you already received it and it will be yours. Kind of reminds you of that nine months pregnancy. Living with expectancy. I'm going to live with expectancy that this is going to happen. God, this is what I'm asking you right now, and I'm believing that you've already done it and that I will receive it. I tell you, whatever you ask for, believe that you have received it, past tense, and it will be yours, not it is. We fail to recognize daring faith while we wait, daring to wait. Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours in the future. Live as if it's already happened. Waiting is not passive. You know, it reminds me of, of one of my friends, <clears throat> a good friend of mine, and I'm not gonna call his name because a lot of you know him. And uh, I've known him for a long time, and uh, he, he, his career, his job, his vocation is kind of a volatile one. So a lot of times in the companies he works for, they downsize and, 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 and he'll be without a job and then, then someone's hiring 3,000 people. It's just all over the place. And there have been some significant times in his life when he's been between jobs. And, and, and I mean, it's like a roller coaster for, for all of us. You know, his friends were like, ooh, man, we're praying for you. You know what he does? He says, God's got, God's got a job for me. And you know what he does? 
He, he may not have a job right now. He may be currently unemployed. He wakes up every morning with an alarm clock, nine o'clock. He showers, he shaves, he puts on his suit and tie, doesn't even have a job. And he'll go to a hotel, one of the hotels in our area, and he'll get a newspaper and he'll just read the newspaper in the hotel, just rubbing shoulders and talking with people. He said, I asked him one time, I said, man, why, why you do that? That's crazy. He goes, I want to mentally be prepared when I do get a job, I can go to work the next day. He lives as if he's already got it. And you know, it's been amazing to see how he, God has just provided every, one company downsized, short time, God prepares, here's a plan, here, here, here's, here's a job. Over and over and over and over. Not laying on the couch, God, you need to hit me with a job. Just if that phone rings, somebody offer me a job, I'll go to work. <laughs> Live as if you already have it. Live as if you are, it has already happened. Waiting is not passive. Here's the third thing to do while we're waiting. Write it down, the lessons I'm learning. Live as if it's already happened. Here's the third thing. Practice habits that grow strong faith. We need to practice habits that will grow our faith while we're waiting. Spiritual disciplines are what these are often referred to as. Practice habits that grow strong faith. Look at Hebrews chapter six, verse 12, puts it this way. We do not want you to become, let's say that word together. We don't want you to become what? Lazy. See, waiting has nothing to do with lazy. We do not want you to become lazy, but to, and I had them make this capital and, and a different color and everything, but here's what we're supposed to do. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. God says waiting is not lazy. Don't, it's not about being lazy. It's about imitating those who, who have lived the life of faith and God has been uh, faithful to them and made good on his promise. Imitate them. Let me ask you a question. If you're waiting, who are you imitating? Don't be lazy. Who are you imitating? So very important. How about this one? Philippians chapter four, verse nine. Here's another one. Keep on putting into practice all that you learned from me, the apostle Paul says to the Christians in Philippi. Keep on putting into practice all that you've learned from me and heard from me and saw me doing. Waiting is doing. What are you doing while you're waiting? Daring to wait. When you're waiting, let me put it this way, don't put your life on hold. Don't put your life on hold. There is no holding pattern with God. Take action, keep on putting into practice. That sounds pretty uh, active, doesn't it? Keep on putting into practice all that you learned from me and heard from me and saw me doing, imitate me. That's what the Bible says, keep on. Waiting is the time that you develop, listen now, don't miss this. Waiting is the time that you develop the skills that you're gonna need later when God comes through on his promise. That's where you develop it, by waiting. It's not on the fly. It's during the times of waiting. Some of us were, were waiting on the next job. So how disciplined are you doing right now while you're unemployed? 
Some of us are waiting on a spouse. What kind of friend are you right now? You're developing those skills that are gonna be a successful marriage or a tragic one. While you're waiting, you're developing the skills that you need for when God does keep his promise and come through. Waiting is the time we develop habits and skills to use later when God has fulfilled his promise and answered our prayer. So let me quickly just give you some things to keep doing while you're waiting. Disciplines, these spiritual things. Here's the, keep on praying. Keep on praying. Don't stop praying. Jesus told the parable of the persistent one. She just kept on praying, kept on praying, kept on praying, kept on asking. Keep praying. Here's the second thing. Keep serving. Keep serving. Find a place. Instead of just waiting like and thinking about what it is that you want God to do, go do something for someone else. Serve someone else. Help someone else. Get your eye off your, your struggle or what you're looking for and, and try to answer someone else's prayer. Try to make their dream come true. Keep serving. How about this one? Keep on attending. Keep on attending your community group. Keep on attending your small group because you need that support. So important. Why, why would we ever think it's going to be a good idea? I'm going to stop praying. I'm going to stop serving. And I'm going to stop going to my small group because I know spiritually this is going to help me. That's a special kind of stupid. That really is. That's a, that's a very unique. Yeah, I said that. Sorry. That's a, that's a, that, it just makes no sense. It makes no sense. Keep on praying. Keep serving. Keep attending. Watch this one. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Because you know what? When, when, when the harvest time comes for what you're really praying for, guess what? That's not the end of it. God has something else that he wants to do. So sow for that time as well. Keep praying, keep serving, keep attending, keep sowing, keep believing. Don't stop believing. Hold on to that fee hee hee Lynn. I'm serious. Don't stop believing. So many people, I've seen Christians just make a mess of this. Because of impatience, I'm going to stop doing this stuff. Guess what kind of wheels you just set in motion when we stop praying, we stop serving, we stop attending, we stop sowing, we stop believing. There's a harvest that's coming from stopping all that stuff. And then we're going to say, God, where were you when all that happened? When we pulled the plug on these things. And it was the disciplines that we needed, the habits we needed to form. Listen, it's not just getting through the door. It's do you have the character to keep you there? It's not, listen, listen, it's not about the wedding. It's about the marriage. It's not about getting the job. It's about keeping the job and developing those skills and those habits while you're waiting. Keep on believing. I've heard it put this way before. God cannot direct a parked car. You gotta put it in gear and start moving. Do something. Take a step. Do something. God can, you know how hard it is to turn a steering wheel when the car is in park? It's impossible. You put it in gear, 
and you start moving. All of a sudden, okay, there we go. What step of faith are you going to take this week to move towards a goal that God's put in your heart? Keep praying, keep serving, keep attending, keep sowing, keep believing. Practice habits that grow for strong faith. Here's the fourth thing that we can do while we're waiting. Trust God instead of panicking. Trust God instead of panicking. Psalm 56 verse three puts it this way. Even when I am afraid, I'll keep on trusting you. Even when I'm afraid. Even when I'm afraid. I'm going to trust you, God. And you know what? Sometimes I, I memorized this verse when I was young because I was full of all kinds of fears. I was afraid of the dark. And I remember, like, a lot older than I should have been, still afraid of the dark. And, and I just committed to memory, Psalm 56, verse 3. And I remember when my parents, my family, they'd go out, like, shopping or something, go to the movies, hey, Greg, you want to come? I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to. I want to stay home. I'm like, okay. And you know what I'd do? I'd turn off every light in the house and I'd walk through the house in darkness. In times I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In times I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In times I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In times I'm afraid, I will trust in you. And I had to hear myself speaking God's word and you know what? All of a sudden, I began to lose that fear and courage would begin to take over. The power of God's word. Trust God instead of panicking. God is never in a hurry. He's never in a hurry. And at the same time, listen, God's never late. Let me end with this. I was doing some studying and uh, I discovered something really interesting about uh, bamboo. I don't know how many of you know anything about bamboo. But if you've ever, listen to this, this is fascinating. Did you, did you know, you, the way you plant bamboo is you cut uh, one of the poles, you cut it in half, and you plant it in the ground. And then you water it. And you water it for a year, and nothing happens. You water it for a second year, and nothing happens. Three years, no change, just that half that pole of bamboo sticking out of the ground. Four years, five years, no change whatsoever. Six years, watering, fertilizing, no change in the bamboo. But in the seventh year, do you know what happens to bamboo? The seventh year, it can actually grow three feet in less than 24 hours after year number seven. Seven years of seeing absolutely nothing and then that seventh year, waiting for seven years, three feet in 24 hours. In fact, some bamboo has been known to grow nine feet in four days. And then just like, it just keeps on going crazy. Do you know what? I think there are some bamboo churches. I believe Valley Christian Church is a bamboo church. There have been years, years and years, Susan, and I'm like, God, this don't make no sense. We're just going to keep watering, keep watering, keep watering. And then you know what? A few years ago, shoom, I think a lot of pastors quit in year number six when they're about to have a bamboo breakthrough. You know what? A lot of Christians do too. Are you a bamboo Christian? Are you going to throw in the towel because you just got tired of waiting 
And right around the corner, God's like, you quit. You gave up. Because I didn't do it when you want. I, I, I had nine feet of growth waiting for you in four days. But you quit. And you gave up. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 puts it this way. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Every promise has a premise. We will reap a harvest if we don't quit. Would you bow your heads with me right now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that even right now in this moment, you would help us, Lord, to have daring faith not to quit, that we would dare to wait. God, I pray for, for everyone in the hearing of my voice right now that we would have that bamboo mindset. We're gonna keep water, we're gonna keep doing what's good, and at just the right time, Lord, we will reap a harvest of blessing because we have chosen that we will not give up and we will not quit. In Jesus' name, amen.